Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) God, that was terrible. Today, we are excited to have C.J. Romano back from the early 90s, mid 90s, when uh, we used to work on a cruise ship together. Her and I did. And I I think uh, um, Eric did uh, because she was on the original Majesty crossover. But uh, before we bring C.J. in, let's catch up with Brad and Eric and see what's happening in their neck of the woods. We'll we'll go with uh, Eric. What's happening? I had a feeling you'd come to me first today because I... Nah, I mean, Brad, not much is Brad happening. what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> not much is happening. You noticed that I started following you on TikTok. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. You're like the one of like three people that I think I follow on TikTok because I'm not. I've only got on there a little bit when somebody sent something to me and I'm like, oh, click on this. Oh, that's pretty funny. Maybe I'll follow that person. But you're going to have to follow Peggy McLeod. And, and oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not much of a uh, commenter on TikTok yet. There's just <laughs> there's just too many. Yeah. You know, there's too much social media out there and I can't keep track of Instagram and and Facebook and TikTok. And I don't even do Twitter or uh, what's the Twitly challenged. Yeah. Snap. I don't do Twitter. Oh, that's my, that's my jam is Twitter. That's, that's what I like. Yeah. When you, when you get rough and tumble, come over to Twitter. Hey, uh, Eric, you'll have to follow Brad on OnlyFans. (laughs) Yeah. And OnlyFans, make sure you get on that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> Brad, what's going on uh, up there? Absolutely nothing interesting. I, I lead a very boring life. Other than doing this podcast, that's the only exciting thing that I have going on in my life, really. Exciting. Well, I, I will tell you, I tell Brad a little bit earlier, we finally got our hot tub today. So oh, let, me, let me tell you about this BS fiasco. We got our hot tub. We, we bought and paid for it up front in the 1st of August. And we just now got it. That's ridiculous. And so delivery people come and they drop it off and they're like, there you go. Thanks. We're like, wait, wait, wait. Our sales lady said, make sure you go through the checkoff list and make sure it's all on and the lights and the water and the fountains and, you know, all these features. And we got Bluetooth, stereo, radio and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, well, you have to have an electrician come and install that. But, you know, it doesn't even include the cable. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You pay $8,000 for a hot tub and it doesn't come with the cable to plug it in and you have to hire someone. So $450, well... The breaker box, $1,500 later, you know, you got to do a separate breaker box. That's $400 for them Uh to hook it up. And, you know, we're like, what company doesn't even at least supply you with a cable to hook it? Man, it just, just turned into a fiasco. As of now, it's heating up. We're up to 60 degrees and it's got lights and it's got fountains, two fountains and a little water spout thing in and so you know well how big is that hot tub it sounds like it's a really big one it's a pretty decent size it's got a lounge chair in there and it seats six people comfortably oh cool oh, wow. and, it, and it's yeah. got these little water balls that kind of turn and it's got two waterfall and so it's look out for videos it's a, it'll be good stuff so i've been doing that and playing with the uh, potatoes and cooking and stuff so are, are you guys oh. are you guys doing swinger stuff now is that why you need a six person <laughs> hot that, tub is, or that is a different podcast <laughs> well hey so let's get on with the show and bring cj romano in and catch up with cj oh i thought she was like uh yes, so I cj am. welcome to the show glad to have you Hi. i don't think i've talked I'm to still- you since what mid 90s the cruise the cruise 
Well, the, the Royals the, Oldies the, Cruise. Yeah, the Royal Oldie Cruise, but that was six yeah. years ago. But before yeah. that, twenty-five years. Probably, ago. probably since the Majesty. Yes. What's What's happening? Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I have been just celebrated my twenty-fifth anniversary with uh, the company I work for, Tozer Energy Systems. We are an HVAC and energy service provider for commercial real estate. I work as uh, the executive assistant. I like to. See myself as an assistant cruise director on land because uh, I'm pretty much the person that uh, they come to. CJ will know. CJ will know. Let's ask CJ. And pretty much nine times out of ten, I knew, I know, or figure out, you know, how to get it done or taken care of because you know that's what they do. As you did when we worked on the ship, yes. like when we were these young little stage staff, <laughs> didn't know anything. CJ would be like, here's a requisition. Go here, fill everything, report back to me at 10 o'clock. If you're, you know, 10.05, where were you five minutes ago? And that's why I had to handle Iron Maiden. No, yes, Iron Maiden. That was me. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I probably have to say is, and you mentioned them earlier, that my problem, my big accomplishment um, is Evan and Kellen. They just, you know, they graduated from American University in 2016. Uh, Evan was hired. He graduated with a uh, Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science, Mm -hmm. and he is now working for a consulting firm that provides cybersecurity to the government. So he cannot talk about anything. And he had through a security clearance that they told him would take six to 12 months. And it took him two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So I'm very proud of him in that um, he had friends who would tell him, you know, why don't you just bag it, go find a job. But he needed to find out either way. I either got the clearance or I didn't get the clearance. So he and his his girlfriend, Maddie, she's a nurse. They're living in Reston, Virginia. And then Kellen uh, graduated with a uh, Bachelor of Arts in Chemistry. And then he decided he wanted to go for his PhD in physics. He was accepted into Georgetown University's physics program. Third year, he said, uh, Mom, I don't think I want to do research. And once you get into Georgetown, you're there for the full six years. So uh, he said, I don't think I want to do research. I'm, I, I just don't think I want to do it. Did he change his name into Elon Musk? Is that who he is? <laughs> So he, you know, he thought about it. I said, pros and cons, write it down. So he left the PhD program and he was accepted into John Hopkins University Urban's teacher program. And his girlfriend, Rachel, who is a associate producer for NPR TED Talks. So that's probably my biggest accomplishment. That's awesome, man. That's a yeah. job well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Do you okay. live in, do you also live in Virginia or do you live in No, I live in, I'm outside about 20 miles Northwest of Philadelphia in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania. Ah, that's awesome. Now, on your uh, on your the place that you work for now, you said you're just you're at your 25 years. Did you go there straight from the ships? So I got off in '92. Evan and Kellen came along in the fall of '93. I started there when the boys were a year and a half. Well, hey, let's switch gears and let's get straight into CJ's ship story. So, uh, CJ, you got the stage. Uh, okay, everybody. My name is CJ Romano, and this is my ship story. So, I started dancing professionally in 1980, and my first contract was with uh, Resorts International in Freeport, Grand Bahamas. And uh, then I did several shows with Miller Reich. 
during those shows too, I fell into magic, which worked out really great because when I wasn't dancing, I could work as a magician assistant. I worked with uh, Kirby Van Birch, the great Ricciardi, um, Ed Fernandez. I even filled in for Leanne one time on the Nordic Empress when she was sick and Dale Scott needed somebody to do the trick because I was able to do the trick. I think Leanne was Dale Scott's assistant when she came on the Nordic, when they were on the Nordic Empress, Leanne Givens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I believe she was. But anyway, in January, in the fall of 87, I started working in a Christmas show with Greg Thompson Productions. And we were at the Mickey Rooney Hotel and Dinner Theater in downtown Pennsylvania doing a Christmas show. But during the day, we were rehearsing for two shows that were going to be performed on the world's largest cruise ship, the Sovereign of the Seas. So I joined the Sovereign in 1988 as a dancer in the review show. That contract was for six months. After that, I then applied to be with cruise staff. So probably I started on cruise staff in July, August of 1988. That's how things started for me. And wow, then, I had no idea. You So you yeah. were on the, the ships quite a quite a while before I even got there. So I went from the Sovereign to the Nordic Empress, like it was right before I think the Monarch came out. Uh, I went over to the Sov- uh, the Nordic Empress and stayed there for a little bit and then went from the Nordic Empress to taking out the Majesty in 92. On the Empress, did you did you know Jan Melter? Uh, was she all, yes. the stage manager at that time? Yep. Uh, in fact, when I first went over... Was she on the Monarch as stage manager? I think she did a contract or something on there. I know I I filled in for her when I first went over. I filled in for her when she went on vacation, if I remember correctly. And then I went into first assistant CD with um, Tracy Unixt, who was the first uh, female uh, cruise director for Royal Caribbean. I don't know Tracy. Tracy what? Unixt. He was on the Song of America. You have to remember, we're, we're all old, Scott. Uh, <laughs> I, I she have was not on the, taken she, my Geeko Globa today. She was on the Song of America, and she was the first female cruise director for Royal Caribbean on the Nordic Empress, and they, they fought it like you wouldn't believe. They didn't think a woman belonged in that job. And so I worked with her as a cruise as assistant cruise director. I worked with her. I worked with um, Peter Hoffer as assistant cruise director and uh, Jeffrey Arpin as assistant cruise director on the Nordic Empress. Oh. And with Nordic Empress, with Jeffrey, that we changed Rock and Roll Night to what Rock and Roll Night was on The Majesty. Oh, really? Well, yeah. What was it before? Did it have the any of the format? Or- no. What it was before was you had whatever show band was aboard. You know, they did their whole little show and then the crew staff would come out and, you know, hula hoop, lip sync or whatever. And I don't know, Jeffrey just had this idea and we just went back and forth and we turned to the show lounge into like like more of a sock hop wasn't it a sock hop whatever band was on they became uh if they were private stock they became chuck roast and the mashed potatoes i could see uh jeffrey arpin and ken rush and kyle dotson you know they you know playing the the mc for the sock hop and everything but um, just ray rouse didn't i didn't i don't think came across to play that that part in it and so he left i don't think he ever no he wouldn't no i don't think he ever did it i think if when we were on the majesty maybe somebody else took it in charge of that role but I think he, like bucky or something empress to see what we were doing for it to go onto the onto the majesty okay. but 
the, the, that rock and roll was so much fun. A lot of hard work, long hours, and we broadcasted into passengers' cabins. So if they didn't come to the show lounge, they would see it in the cabins. Yes, and we learned very quickly um, that after you, uh, the four of us blew up 400 balloons, drinking oh. alcohol right after that um, was, didn't work very well. Yeah. They didn't have a machine. You had to actually blow up the balloons yourselves or they had like a... A helium. At first, you know. we had to blow up everything, and then, yeah. then you know, we had to get okay from home office to have a helium tank, and then it was a big thing on where are you going to store the helium tank? Well, it's got to yeah. have its own, you know, thing in the back, you know, behind the lounge and and secured and locked and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but that was probably the first twenty shows we had to blow all the balloons up. Yeah. That was that was that was that we had people on balloon duty and stuff like that. But <laughs> that was, doesn't sound like fun. No, it, it was a lot of hard work, but it was fun that night. It was really a good time that night. Um, when I was um, when I was joined the Sovereign, I went from crew staff to a shipshape director and then um, first assistant CD for entertainment. And I was there like in the early stages of the um, Star Entertainment program that. Uh, mm -hmm. They had ship shape, yes. <laughs> and those people used to cheat for those dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's only a piece of paper, folks. But um, uh, I was in the beginning when the pro I was there pretty much in the beginning when the program started. So we had, you know, um, Connie Stevens, The Fifth Dimension, uh, George Kirby, who was a wonderful man, Norm Crosby, Rain. And uh, probably the one entertainer that gets talked about the most is Jerry Lewis. So yeah. yes, we're we're all <laughs> familiar with Mr. Lewis. So yeah. so then so this was his first time aboard, and he was probably the biggest name that we had. So that cruise, it's like everybody from Shoreside was on. And the one gentleman, I see his face and I can't think of his name. He said to me, he said, "Well, how how are you gonna how are you gonna handle him?" I said, "Well, I'm gonna." Do what I do with everybody else that comes on. He comes aboard. He's upstairs. I get a phone call from a uh, crew staff cabin steward. And, you know, it says, Miss CJ, you need, you need to come up. You need to come upstairs. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I went up. You know, they were in the entertainer's cabin was in the area where the hotel manager, crew director, they cabin, were in that area. Cabin there. 8004 or 8006. That's right. Uh, keep them private and stuff like that. Yeah. So they opened the door, and in the hallway, there were at least eight or nine Louis Vuitton cases. Oh, my God. I remember that. Just lined in the hallway. Jerry comes out, and, of course, he commented on the cabin. And, you know, to try... Are you kidding me? <laughs> to try and explain to him, you know, whatever, why, and stuff like that. And I said, and then his luggage, and I said, you know what, just give me a sec, I'll be, I'll be right back. Ray was in the, Ray Rouse was in the um, dining room having dinner, and I said, we have a problem. <laughs> I said, come on upstairs, I'll show you. So he opened the door, and he was like, oh, and he just stood there, and he said, I'm going to, I'll fix it. So I said, okay. So he went, we knocked, he knocked on the door. I introduced Jerry and Ray, and Ray and Jerry had a conversation about the cabin and Ray showed him everybody else's cabin in that area. So all of a sudden Ray said, well, look, he, there was the um, cabin stewards closet in that hallway. He said, we will make this your closet. 
And probably by about 10 or 11 o'clock the next morning, there were racks where he could hang because he would travel. He would come from one place to go to another place. So he would have 15 to 20 tuxedos. And he we had the rack set up. We had everything set up for him the next day. I never had a problem with Jerry. Does he have his quirks? They all have their quirks. But I never, you know, he asked for something. I did it. He deserved that for as long as he'd been in the business, you know, and that was that. He always used to like to go to the passenger talent show rehearsals. He wanted, always wanted to go to the rehearsals. So I would go with him. And this one time we were walking back to his cabin, fourth deck, fifth deck, whatever. This woman is by the elevator and she asks him for his autograph. So it was him, his manager, Jeff, and I think, uh, and Joe and Claudius DeBeal, his, his managers were there also. So he says, sure, I'll sign. Well, now the woman, she had a big floppy hat on, just coming from the pool deck. She's going through her bag, trying to find a piece of paper and pen. And I'm like, oh, please, lady, hurry up. Please, please, please hurry up. And all of a sudden, he just goes, lady. <laughs> she, um, miraculously, and I'm thinking, please, lady, please pull something out. She put a piece of paper and pen. He signed it. She said, thank you very much. He said, you're very welcome. And that, and that was it. <laughs> That's um, pretty funny. Yeah. I remember when he, you know, cause we used to have to schlep all of the uh, celebrity stuff in Grand Cayman uh, when they oh, all came on. And so, oh. you know, it, you know, Peltula Clark, Mary Wilson, you know, the only people that had a lot of bags was rain and, you know, cause they had their gear and their equipment. And so we were always okay with, you know, four or five, six, you know, suitcases, you know, per, you know, stuff. And we're like, okay. Uh, I remember, I think it was, I think it was Lori Rizzo that was like, okay, you guys are going to pick up Jerry Lewis. Okay. And he's going to have a lot of baggage and because he can have, he can bring whoever he wants, you know, and there's a lot of people and you guys have to do it all. So just expect there's going to be a lot. We're like, we got this, we got this, no problem. And then you see it. So the three vans pull up to the pier with our little bitty carts that are about dismantled because we pulled them through the sand <laughs> Coco Cay. And, you know, we're in black nylon long sleeve shirts, black nylon long <coughs> pants, black shoes, and it's 150,000 degrees in Grand Cayman. And we opened the first van as all, all Jerry, all of the Louis bags and his suitcase. And his, I mean, there had to be, the whole van was his yeah. bags and we never have cussed under our breath <laughs> so much. And we got like all of our hair. It looked like we jumped. We just came out of the ocean. We were sweating so bad and we, you know, put them all onto the tender and stuff. And the people were yelling us on the tender because we were supposed to be late and we were waiting for somebody. Well, why come they, you know, it's just, oh. oh my gosh. And then, yeah. like you said, when we pulled, when we took him up to deck eight, you know, he didn't want us to come inside or the room wasn't ready. I don't know what it was, but we're like, we set the bags dick, 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 yeah. on both sides of the hall. And it was just a chaotic mess. And we were like, one, one time my parents, one time my parents sailed and Jerry was on board that week. So I set my dad up, you know, how you do this skit where he would uh, take a handkerchief from someone and burn it and then whatever. So I set my dad up for it. So I said, Dad, look, Jerry's going to start telling a story about his dad and vaudeville and blah, blah, blah. I said, and then he's going to ask you for a hand, ask for anybody have a handkerchief. I said, so give him your handkerchief. As soon as Jerry says, 
you know, my dad was in vaudeville. My father steps up and is waving the handkerchief. And I'm, and I'm upstairs in the balcony looking down going, no, dad, not yet. dad, sit down. And as Jerry's going back and forth across the stage telling the story about <laughs> his father, my father's going back and forth. Like, I'm like, oh, please, dad, please sit down. And afterward, the handkerchief was beautiful. I still have it. And then afterwards, when I was talking to Jerry, Jerry said, your father. I said, yes, Jerry, I know. I said, I was mentally trying to tell him to sit down. But, you know, I saw him. um, He came up and did a show. It was before I think I had my boys, but it was after I left. He came up and performed at the Valley Forge Music Fair, which is no longer. Mm -hmm. So we knew he was coming and we got to see Chiz and Lou and stuff like that. The ex went to rehearsals at the music fair. Well, the ex ended up doing Jerry's show because the sound engineer didn't understand what Jerry wanted. And Jerry said, Jeff, get in the booth. So Jeff got paid that night. Or, yeah. Who's your favorite celebrity that came on? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I love Norm. You know what? I'm probably going to say my favorite celebrity that came aboard is probably Rain. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think we all have really positive memories of Rain. Mm-hmm. I know that that was. I think I mentioned it before. Was like the best New Year's that I had on board was the New Year's that they played. That was yeah. just so much fun. It was a, a really good time. And, and you know, when when you think about them then, so it was like eighty nine, like ninety or so. I mean, they had maybe already had been together like 10 or 12 years, but they had to pay for their, they had to pay for everything. They had to share a cabin, you know, right. they, which CJ, why do we have to share a cabin? You know, and they would talk, figure out who was going to stay in 88, 08, whatever it was, and who was going to stay in the other. And then to see where, unfortunately, because of what's going on, but to see where they are now, mm-hmm. watch, to watch Joey's son, Paul, do Paul, is like when 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 rain first came aboard paul wasn't even born yet his son so now his son is playing paul and and watch him and you and he's he had the best teacher because sometimes i'm like is that joey oh no no okay no that's paul you know it's sad sometimes when you go and see him that you don't see joe joey steve and 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 ralph you Mm -hmm. know see steve and paul but you know they have the replacements but i'm going to say rain probably bend rain too because you know uh, being well there's now there's there's two different rains that tour in there because they came here and i was super excited i rushed down i you know i told the uh um you know, at our civic center, I told the people the whole story and stuff. And they're like, oh man, that'd be great. Yeah. Come in and surprise them. That'd be awesome. Well, they come out of the dressing room and I didn't know any of them, and, <laughs> but it was rain. And I was like, Hey, and they're like, nice to meet you. You know, I know I can remember, <laughs> I can remember talking to Joey about that, that, you know, about that when I would catch up with him, when he would be at shows, but I've only, when I've seen them, I've seen them with Steve and I've seen them with Paul, and then maybe whoever was Ringo and George would change. But well, I, Steve, now Steve, Steve is uh, he took over uh, Riddle, right? Right. Okay. So now Steve was in. He was in this band that I saw, but I didn't know Steve. I only knew Jimmy Riddle. And right. so the other one was, you know, uh, Paul at this time, this is years ago, but it was Ralph and Joey and, and, you know, Steve Landis. And, you know, so there was two of them going, but now as far as rain, you have a, you have 
always, I've noticed that you've always had a special connection with them. Um, did you know them before this cruise ship or did you know? Guys- I met, I met them, you know, when they came aboard, we just, you know, we just became, we just became good friends. Um, hmm. You know, Steve grew up not far from here. We just became good friends and we just would always hang out together when they came aboard. I was, you know, I got to go to uh, uh, Jimmy's funeral, uh, which was very, which was really sad. Um, the church, and then we went to the cemetery, and they played um, in my life, you know, while his casket was being lowered, and I was going to go home, and then his brother came to me, his brother Jeff came to me and said, look, we're going back to wherever we've been back, you know, to have something to eat and everything. He, he said, we would, would really like you to come with us. He said, Jimmy spoke of you all the time. He said, so would you please come back? And I said, you know, sure. So I got to meet his mom and his brother. And there were times when he, because he lived um, in Easton, Pennsylvania, which maybe is about an hour, an hour and a half from here, if that. And there were times when, when he was married, him and his wife and me and the ex, we would kind of go out together and stuff like that. We just became, you know, we just became really good friends. Do you know if, uh, if any of the guys, uh, any of the rain guys met any of the like George Harris, like any of the original Beatles? You know what that I that I really don't know. And I mean, just for those out there, in case you don't know who Rain is, they're a Beatles tribute band. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Have we, we've been talking beginning. about yeah. that for a while. <laughs> they were they were so good yep. that it never got old. I would go and see them every time, and it never got old. It was always and, good. Yeah, there was this one time they were getting ready to do Revolution. Jimmy's talking about, oh, you know, I think we're going to slow it down a little bit, play a little ballad here. We're up on the balcony, and there was this old couple that was starting to get up out of their seats. And all of a sudden, you just heard, and they just fell. We were all dying laughing. But with the time that he he would go off stage out of Pepper and put on his white suit for Imagine. Joey would be on the piano playing Imagine and Jimmy was just at the microphone. And he walked out and he started singing and I'm looking and I'm thinking, he forgot to take his pepper pants off. So he had the white jacket and he never tore away his blue pants and he sang Imagine and then all of a sudden he says, I've got my bloody blue pants on. When they, when I remember the first time I saw him without Jimmy and I could not look, I, I couldn't watch John Lennon perform. I just stayed on the, uh, and watched the three guys. And afterwards talking with them, they even said it was hard for them, but they knew they had to, they had gigs that they had to play. And they, they found somebody who the mannerisms were there, but maybe the voice wasn't as good or vice versa. But they said, we're never going to get Jimmy Riddle, you know, and I can remember mm-hmm. watch, watching Steve. And then all of a sudden I saw Jimmy and I said that to Joe Bithorn and Joe said to me, no, no, CJ, you saw John Lennon. Do you have any can other- I tell you my Ben Vereen story? This happened actually after I got off ships. The boys were like five or six months old. Royal Caribbean was providing entertainment for a trade show. So I got up, went up there for, re- watched rehearsal, caught up with the guys, you know, that were in Ben's, Ben's band. In fact, his musical director, David Lobb, when I first started working after high school, the company I went to, his mom worked at, and he was also the keyboard player, because he's local, band that played for my eighth grade graduation class. Wow graduation dance so that was that was kind of cool anyway so we're sitting there ben's on stage chatting and all of a sudden ben says 
oh, oh, wait, here she comes. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And I'm thinking, okay, who's, who's coming? I didn't want to look around. I thought she's got to go by me to go up to the stage. And I waited person walked in front of me and I looked, oh my God, it's Liza Minnelli. And she went upstairs and on the stage and he was doing a song from one of her albums that just came out. So now she's telling him what to do. And as a dancer, I'm like staring on, I'm watching Ben Vereen and Liza Minnelli dance on stage. But that's- I, wish, uh, I wish I had a smartphone. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. No, but here's the best part of the story. His manager came to me and said, CJ, would you mind walking Ben down from his hotel room to the stage? Just, yeah, I, he's comfortable with you. I said, sure, no problem. So I meet him in his hotel room. We're walking down. We're talking. We get to the stage ex- entrance. And he says to me, is there anybody in the audience that I should know about? And I said, oh, yeah. To your left, first table, OJ Simpson. And I didn't know if he was with Hertz or whatever. He said, okay, thanks for letting me know. And three weeks later, he was arrested for uh, the murder. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite island? Uh, probably Labadee for oh, okay. what they've turned a Labadee into. Yeah, the issue is that the ships now are so big that the island yeah. is, is not that big anymore to have that many people. Right, there. yeah. When, I mean, I first went there on Song of America, you know, it was super quiet on the other side yeah, of the island. It was, it was really nice. Yeah, yeah, you could watch, walk to that beach over there and there yep. was no passengers over there. You yeah. had the whole no. place to yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Again, Labadee, for times. those who don't know, is is <laughs> is in Haiti. And it's a port, like a, a private port that was developed for by Royal Caribbean, but an absolutely gorgeous place. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. The exactly. only the only time I went to Labadee once and I literally got off one time and I heard rumors that they were going to close it because it was, you know, they closed it half the time and opened it half the time. And and so I bought this wooden sculpture from some woodworking guy. It's in my garage. It's a, apparently it's some Haitian um, voodoo god, but it's oh. a, it's a it's a good voodoo god. And they're like, well, you know, everybody's like, yeah, whatever, okay, if you if you believe in that stuff, I'm like, I don't know, but I mean, it's it's probably 28, 30 inches tall and about 14 inches around, so it mm-hmm. it was big and it was not very easy getting that home through the bags <laughs> and stuff. Um, but and it's got. The ba- I'll have to take a picture and post it, but it's uh, it's pretty funny because the the people, the guy that said uh, what I could get from him, you know, because I couldn't understand him very much, but he was like, when he is comfortable with your, you know, with your place that you put him in, his head his head will split, and that means his soul is protecting your house or whatever it was. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, all right, well, you know, whatever. Years, years, and years, and years. I had this thing. We finally buy the house that we're in now, and I put it out in the garage, and I'm out there, you know, cleaning up and stuff, and I hear this. <laughs> And I look up and his, his head, head exploded. It had split. No. There's wow. a big crack in his, I swear to God, I'll take a picture of the split too. <laughs> but um, his head split and I, it was one of those, like the hair is on your back of your neck stood up. And I was like, looking around, you know, I knew I was only one in the garage, but I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So now I'm trying to, you know, make logic out of this. Okay. It was a piece of wood and it's been out in the garage and, and it's super hot in here and maybe that dried it out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I was like, okay. So he's been in the same spot in my garage for this 18 years that we've been at this house. Wow. I'm afraid to move him, but yeah, I'm going to say, I don't, I wouldn't move him. Nope, <laughs> I, would, yeah, I, wouldn't right there. I wouldn't touch, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move him. <laughs> 
when I was on the Nordic Empress, there was a cruise show. The Pursers did a, a, a little routine or whatever to uh, leave your hat on by Joe Cocker, you know, Joe, uh, what's Joe Cocker. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was still mulling around ideas of what to put in uh, doing, because I was doing the choreography for the Welcome Aboard and Farewell show for the Majesty. And that song came on and I went, oh, we have Bucky Heard. So that's where my idea came from Leave Your Hat On uh, to, to get Bucky involved. And I, I'll tell you, I've never seen more white jackets, meaning officers, mm-hmm. farewell show of the majesty. <laughs> number came on. You'd see him up top. You'd see him on the bottom waiting. When the number was done, they were gone. And forget <laughs> Shelly Wittiak and I, we were in New York. We went out looking for costumes. We were in with Ray, and Ray said, uh, the raunchier, the better. You know? <laughs> Get well, the they, they definitely, you guys definitely sold it because it was very, you know what? I wish it was a very hot have, routine. Does anybody have a video, a video of the first costumes? Because those costumes didn't last very long because then we had to go into these one piece jumpsuits uh, that they made us wear. But some wasn't that for that car wash? Didn't somebody do a, um, a number to car wash? Mm-hmm. So that was after me. Yeah, they, I don't know when that came up because I remember Vicki Newton saying that they had to do some push-ups and she was like, <gasps> like <laughs> as oh. part of the number. But uh, but I yeah, I remember that at some point they 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 started that car wash number. I don't know when it started. Well, awesome. Well, uh, CJ, that was exciting. Uh, before we go, I think our time is about uh, uh, wrapped up here. Do you have any other stories that you can think of? How about if I share one last story, my fire story? Oh, okay. It was the Sovereign of the Seas, and it was in February about nineteen February nineteen ninety one. It was a Tuesday night. It was country western night. We were in Puerto Rico. Jeff and I had just got back from dinner or whatever. He got a call. I'm thinking somebody must have told him there was a fire in the Follies or something. All I know is he said, I just have to, I have to go to the Follies. And so he left. And then I was thinking, um, what am I sitting around here for? Let me go. I'm going to go see what's going on. There was a fire up in the Follies and the flames were coming out of the balcony on the Sovereign through the floor. I remember going down to the cruise director's office and meeting Shelly. And all of a sudden we were grabbing walkie talkies. And then all of a sudden we heard seven short and one long and kind of looked at each other. And then they did it again. And we're like, we confirmed, okay, yes, we got to go. And we just went banging on doors in the crew area to get people out and stuff like that. I go running back up and on the promenade deck, there's all these people around somebody laying on the ground. And as I look, I I recognize the shoes. I recognize the pants. And here it's my ex. You know, I guess, I don't know what he thought he was doing, trying to help put out whatever uh, smoke inhalation. So we were sent to the hospital and we must have been there for a good eight or 10 hours The ship didn't sail that night. We had to wait to get clearance from the Coast Guard and everybody. By Wednesday night, the whole aft lounge had no power. We couldn't, none of the showrooms were available. By Wednesday night, I believe it was either the disco or the pool deck that they finally got something running. Now that closed the Follies for a good eight or 10 weeks. So that meant we had to put the shows between the Music Man and Finian's Rainbow. So we... As far as review shows, if I remember correctly, maybe one or a number was done before the star entertainer. We would bring two entertainers on if they needed 
extra musicians to complement whatever they brought. We had to split the orchestra between. Shows went before dinner, after dinner to accommodate everybody. And we worked like that for probably a good six or eight weeks, Ollie's. And that's when the showroom opened and they had the black risers on the stage in the Sovereign. But it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty scary time. And it, it, there, was a, there was a pantry below the seating, and that's where the fire started. They don't, I don't know if it was electrical or what, but the weirdest thing, when you went in there, you could see things that were burnt, ashes, but there was this jar of a maraschino cherries, and the jar was gone, but the shape of the maraschino cherries were still there. What? The glass was gone around the cherries, but the cherries were still there. I don't would, know. The, would the cherries all melt into... Uh... They were kind of just all globbed together. But it still took the shape of the jar. We had a couple like small fires, like on the Majesty, where somebody put out a cigarette. You know, they used to have those places where you could put out the cigarettes uh, above (laughs) the garbage cans. But somebody sometimes would throw a cigarette in the garbage can, and that would set set off. You know, again, really small fire, but you just have to be so careful because a little fire can turn into a big fire very quickly. Like I told you, Scott, when I was telling you the fire store earlier, I went down the one hallway banging on doors and I opened this one door. I banged and the door was open and I opened it. And I don't know if it was either a photographer and a beauty shop girl. I don't know. But there were two people in there and they were both naked. And I said, put your clothes on and get out. Now, that's very likely to happen if you start banging on doors late at night. You know, you're going to see some hanky panky going. Yeah, like, let's go. Put it on and get out. (laughs) I think we will uh, put it right there, but thanks for coming on. It was, it was awesome to hear your stories and and get to talk to you again. That's the best part of the, uh, the podcast is you get to see uh, people and relive uh, memories and stuff. And I will say I was hesitant. I was very hesitant at first. Yeah. It's just, honestly, it's just a conversation. Well, if you think of any other stories or, you know, now that we've opened up the Pandora's box of stories, (laughs) uh, remember (laughs) to write them down now. now, So this would be exciting for CJ or or anybody else listening. If you have a story and you would like to have that story told, we have not yet had any stories emailed to us at my ship story podcast at yahoo.com. So even if you, you don't want to tell a story or you're apprehensive and you want us to read it on the air we don't have to mention your name we can just say we got an email we got a ship story from email on our you know on yahoo so we're going to read you the ship story we haven't done one of those yet so if anybody has a story and you don't want your name mentioned for uh, whatever reason well, that's fine write your story down or type your story down and email us at my ship story podcast at yahoo.com and we would love to read it on the air it was great Thank to hear from much. you and see you again yeah, I appreciate thanks for coming on I thanks for coming on we we really appreciate it yeah thank you now i just have to figure out how to shut this darn thing off just pull the plug somewhere there's a leave button we'll talk to you soon all right everybody take care good to see y'all you too take care bye-bye you know of course once i started seeing her she started talking i do remember her i didn't interact a lot with her because i just as a as especially as an assistant person at the front desk and with the stuff that she was doing but i clearly remember and i do remember that you know short haircut all black hair short haircut i completely remember her from from majesty hey everyone the ship is about to set sail which brings us to an end for today we hope that you enjoy the podcast for bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video please visit our youtube channel 
My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member, and if you have a story that you would like to tell, or if you like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!